Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. To learn more about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, Texas, visit our website at thedoorchurch.net. Now, let's worship God by opening His Word. Okay, welcome to the Door Church. If you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks. I'm the lead pastor on the uh, preaching team. Um, happy Easter. Very glad that you're here this morning joining us here at the Door Church. I see it's standing room in the back. And just so you know, this is an abbreviated sermon. So praise God for that. Maybe your legs will hold up. Um, we are going to continue in our Encounters with Christ series. We're looking at uh, Paul's encounter and, and really uh, the implications and the centrality of the resurrection. So if you have your Bible, grab it. We'll be in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 19. Or actually, 1 through 20, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 20. I say this a lot. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture uh, because of the centrality uh, of, of the resurrection. And so uh, the sermon title, if you're taking notes, uh, it's a long one. How can some of you say there is no resurrection? That's a mouthful. But how can some of you say there is no resurrection? And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15. It's Paul's encounter, but it's also the argument and the centrality of the resurrection uh, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you look at the subheadings of chapter 15, it says the resurrection of Christ, the resurrection of the dead. Paul's main point here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In particular, the the resurrection is everything. Uh, It's everything. It's not something, it's everything. He he, he makes the resurrection uh, the focal point of of the work of Jesus Christ. Um, Because if... Christ isn't raised. That's that's what he's going to ask a lot. If Christ wasn't raised, what are we doing here? Uh, And that's actually why you're here this morning, if you didn't know. Like, you want to hear about the resurrection. If someone kind of pulled you in, that's what we're talking about. That's why we gather every single week is because we believe that Jesus defeated sin, Satan, and death and rose from the grave. Uh, This is Paul's main point. So I'm going to ask this question over and over and over again, hopefully that you would actually allow it to process you. This question, it's a good way to to learn what you actually think. Does your Christianity make sense without the resurrection? You have to answer that question. Uh, The scripture would say absolutely not. But I think a lot of us believe in a Christianity without the focal point being the resurrection, and that's a problem. Uh, The culture, churches have made the gospel, Jesus more palatable, I would even say placated, Uh, confused what the gospel is. And Paul, Paul won't let us do that. He puts the the centrality of the resurrection uh, uh, of the the gospel of Jesus Christ front and center in this text and Lord willing the the front of your life. So how we're gonna unpack this, it's quite a bit of text, one through through 20, is we're gonna look at main points. And that is, if if Jesus wasn't raised in the, the grave, well, preaching is in vain. What we're doing right here means nothing, it's in vain. If Jesus wasn't raised from the grave, you're still stuck in your sins. You're still stuck in your sins. You're guilty and condemned. If Jesus Christ wasn't raised from the dead, you should be pitied and we will perish. And if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, you should really fear death. Um, But the good news Jesus Christ has, does your Christianity make any sense uh, without resurrection? So we're going to read verses 12 uh, through 15, and then we're going to go to... Uh, the previous text as the subpoints to these questions that Paul asked. 
Verse 12, it says this, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And listen to verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. That's empty, has no power. Our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it means your Christian faith is empty, it's powerless, it's hopeless, it means nothing. Verse 15 says, we're even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that he raised Christ whom he did not, um, um, verse 15, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that he has raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. This whole point is preaching is powerful. Why? Because Christ has resurrected. Now, we need to understand what we believe about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I always talk to people, particularly at my, my kids' events or my neighbors or just out and about, and I try to strike up conversations or, you know, we, I end up talking to people. I think y'all do too. And the, it always comes back to this question is, hey, what do you do for a living? Uh, and, and then it gets real awkward. And I'm not ashamed of what I do. I love, I love preaching. It's like, well, I'm a pastor, and, 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 and I'm like, I'm a preacher. And usually, they're like, oh, no. You just see it on their face. And they're like, what did I say beforehand? Um, and I'll get some answer like this. I really do believe what we should all really be good people. I'm like, oh, well, I, I agree. We should try to be good people. And the reason why they're telling me that, they think that's central to the Christian faith, that God loves good people. They've totally missed it. Now, some of you are like, well, see, I'm, I'm smarter than that. I know the gospel. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, do you? Because I think a lot of us may say, yeah, well, it's, you know, God died for sinners, which were all sinners. But you still subconsciously believe that God loves good people only. And so when you sin and you struggle and you fail, you actually believe lies that God doesn't love you, that he's not for you, that he, he couldn't have a way for you. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the power of the gospel is in, in really the centrality of the resurrection, not your goodness. And so let's go back to define what the gospel is in verse 3, which Paul does. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, for I delivered to you of first importance. This is what's most important. Everything else peripheral, first importance. What's central to our faith, what I also received, which is important because Paul's not making it up. He's received the gospel. He's actually just a steward of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. That Christ, what did he do? He died for our sins. He's telling us what the gospel is, that Jesus Christ, what did he do? He died for our sins. And then he tells us, in accordance with the scriptures. Now, that's important because it was always God's plan. God had a plan that Jesus would die. Verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in what? In accordance with the scriptures. God's plan was that Jesus Christ would live, that he would die, and that he would raise from the dead. Now, this is important. <laughs> there is a, in this day and age, there's so many people attacking what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not confusing. It's crystal clear. It's about the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul just said, here's the gospel. So when someone comes, he's like, well, 
your gospel may be different than my gospel. Like, no, that's not true. The scripture is clear of what the good news of Jesus Christ is. It's what Jesus Christ has done for us, that he lived, he died, and then he rose again. And then verse five talks about this is historical. This actually happened. This is like before fact checkers were a thing, and I'm not even saying they're good. This is like fact checkers and it's legit. He says, this is testimony is true, verse five. And then he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then the 12, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. How many people saw Jesus raised from the grave at one time? 500. You may fool one or two, but 500 who saw him, who talked with him, who conversation with him, they say, no, we saw the risen Christ. And then it says, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. He's saying, you, you, they, go fact check what I'm saying, Jesus Christ did rise. Verse seven, then he appeared to James, listened then to the apostles. Lastly of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. That's Paul. He saw the resurrected Christ and now is preaching and is communicating to the Corinthian church and to us even this morning that, that, that he witnessed the resurrection. See, our preaching is not in vain. Why? Because Christ rose from the grave. This is powerful. This will change your life here and for eternity if you hear the power and the resurrection. See, clarity is key in our faith. Clarity is key. This is not wishful thinking. We're not crossing our, our fingers and hoping in, in a vague reality. We're hoping in the truthfulness of who Jesus is and what he accomplished. And there is power. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the truth that he defeated the grave. Does your Christianity make sense without the resurrection? I'm going to ask you another question because he's going to argue if Christ wasn't raised. Let's look at verse 16. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith, what, is futile. If Christ hasn't raised, how much is your faith worth? It's futility. It's hopeless. It means nothing. And you, what, are still stuck in your sins. You are still guilty, condemned. If Jesus Christ, see, on the cross, Jesus said, man, it is finished. What does that mean? He has dealt with our sin in full. Not, not, not in part, but in full. How do we know it was paid in full, the resurrection. <laughs> if Christ wasn't raised, that means you're still stuck in your sin, your guilt, your shame. Now, the reason why we do know perfect people is to, to help us understand that, that, that we are sinners who need a resurrected Savior. So many of us um, are still stuck in our sin. Why? Because you're not believing the resurrection. See, the resurrection is not, it's not something, it's everything. Why? Because it, it has to do with your freedom, your forgiveness, your sonship. See, a lot of us have sinned, and what happens here is you lose yourself. That's the natural consequence of sin. When we rebelled against God, we lost who we were. We don't know who we are. We try to cover ourselves. We try to achieve our identities. This is all built from guilt and shame and not understanding who Jesus is, and really the power of the resurrection. Now, um, the resurrection is, is this. It, see, so many of us believe that Jesus gives us a second chance. That is a false gospel. See, or he just wipes your slate clean. No, 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 no. In the resurrection, Jesus throws away the slate. It's a different idea. See, the idea is you're not defined 
by your perfection. You're not defined by your acts, but you're defined by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, his slate for your slate. See, Paul is now going to put that on to help us understand what he's saying. So let's go back to verse 9. He says that he experienced the resurrected Christ. And in verse 9, it says, for I am the least of the apostles. What is he saying, the least? Is he, is he having a humble moment? No. He's saying, I am a, a sinner. I'm the worst sinner. He even says elsewhere, I'm the chief sinner. For I'm the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle. Why? He tells us, because I persecuted the church of God. That's why. Now, so what Paul is saying, he's confessing his sin. Paul was a murderer. Men, women, children, under his, his leadership were put to death. So let me ask you a question. How do you get up from that in the morning? How do you look yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm a pretty good person? That goes out the window when you're a murderer, right? And some of you have done that. I've been in church long enough. I talked to you. He's like, I've actually committed murder. And you're all looking next to you now. Some of you have. Some of you have committed adultery. Some of you are still stuck in your sin. Some continually repeat the things that you wish you didn't do that you still do, and you're afraid of being found out. And it's saying, how can I face myself? How did Paul face himself? He understood it's not his record, but Christ. See, he was able to get up. He says, by God's grace, I am who I am. How did he get there? By the power of the resurrection. He understood he was made perfect, righteous, and clean, not by what he has done, but by the what Christ has done for him. That's the power of the resurrection. You're not guilty, but you're pardoned. You're forgiven. You're loved. It even says it so much, which is actually uh, really helpful in verse 17. It says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. See, if he wasn't raised from the grave, where are you at? You're still in your sins. You're still guilty. You're still in your shame. You're still in your condemnation. But by faith and the power of the resurrection, you're not in your sins anymore where you're at. You're in Christ. That's your position now. So what's so amazing about the resurrection, we need to have God's view of us, not, not our own really self-deprivation that we all see, but God's view of us now in Christ is that like you are perfect, you are spotless, you are, you, are, you are righteous, you are mine. This is yours in Christ. You're not defined by your sin. This, is, this will preach to your heart if you let it. The resurrection means you're free from your sin. You're pardoned for your sin. You're, you're in Christ. Now, we need to have God's view of us, which is the, in, the, in the resurrection. So have you ever wondered why you look at your social media so much? It's, it's actually about your righteousness. You're trying to find approval that is meant to be yours in Christ as God looks to you. You go look at the post that you made, and you're like, hey, how many likes did I get? Why did they comment that way? They should share that. That was a really brilliant thought, right? You're always looking to other people's approval so you what, can feel good about yourself. That's all it is. Why are you looking at everyone else's? You're trying to have a worldview where you stand approved. That comes from Christ. It's funny, I, I, I watch my kids wrestle a lot, and you know, I, I talk about it a lot, and what's so great is as kids start to lose, little kids, they start to lose, and actually big kids, you know what they usually do? They're getting their tail kicked, and they, then they look at their dad, which is really odd, as they're getting their tail kicked, and they're looking at their dad, and what they happens to see is the, the dad's face is falling, and he's upset. They're not worried about losing. They're worried about their dad being mad at them, not loving them. What is that about? 
Man, they're looking for approval. Some of you are looking for that in your spouse, your kids, your boss. God's saying, look to my view of you. You're the apple of my eye. And in that, when you see the power of the resurrection, man, there's power there. You don't have to live for other people's approval. Um, you're still stuck in your sin. You don't know who you are. You don't have an identity. But now we can walk with a God confidence. Why? Because of the power of the resurrection. You're forgiven. You're Christ. This is powerful if you let it speak to you. Does your Christianity make sense without resurrection? See, verse 18 and 20 is very helpful with this idea too. It says, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Those who have died have perished. If Jesus Christ hasn't raised from the dead, that it's not just saying, hey, they're still dead. It says they're perished. That means they, they're condemned. They're under the wrath of God. They're still guilty. Verse 19, it's, it's helpful too. It says, if in Christ we have hope uh, in this life only, we are all, of all people, most to be pitied. If Christ hasn't raised from the dead, number one, it says you're still alienated from God. You are under the condemnation of God. You will experience the wrath of God. And if you're living for Christ right now, you should be pitied. Your life should not make sense. See, what's so amazing about Paul's life, he's the one who wrote, to live is Christ, to die is gain. My life is now bought with a price. I belong to God, and I live my Christ for the glory of God and the good of other people. To live, I live for Christ. And if I die, it's gain. That was his thought. He says, man, the resurrection should be so powerful that people should be able not to look at your life and say, I don't understand how you live without understanding the resurrection. Do you live that way? Or does your life make sense without resurrection? It should not. The world should look at you as like, you think different, you act different, you spend your time differently. Why? For the glory of Christ. Why? For this life is for Christ and to die is gain. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 and 27. It says, five times I received the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes, less one. It goes on to say, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys and danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship through many a sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Man, Paul was living a comfortable life, amen? What in the world was he doing? Why? Because he believed in the power of the resurrection. He believed it was worth it. Does your life mirror anything of that sort? And he says, Paul says elsewhere in Scripture, if I'm out of my mind, it's because of the power of the resurrection. He goes, my life, if there is no resurrection, should be pitied. Your life, my life, should look at us with just pity if there's no resurrection. But, but there is, there is. And that's what he goes on to say in verse 20. But in fact, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. See, you should be terrified of death, terrified of death if there was no resurrection. But verse 20 says there is a resurrection. He was raised from the dead, the first fruits. He's the beginning of many who will be raised that fall asleep. That means who've died. So he, he, here's truth. You should be scared of death. And as you get older, as I get older, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dying too. I, when you're younger, you think you're living. And as you get older, it's like, I'm dying. 
And you should be scared to death of death unless the resurrection is true. See, Psalm 23 verse 4 says it this way. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, I won't fear death. Why? For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The valley of the shadow of death. Now this is interesting. See, Jesus rose from the grave. And listen, he defeated death. And I don't think we really grasp this. It's just now what a shadow of death. It's not the sting of death. Jesus took the sting of death. Now all we have is the shadow of death. So I'll give you a story, and it's a great, I think, illustration of what this is. And uh, I, I tried this on for my two boys. And I picked them up from the, the school bus, and I was pondering the resurrection and the power that we don't have to fear death anymore. Why? Because Jesus defeated death. It's only a death shadow. And I said, boys, on the way up to the house, I said, would you rather get hit by a truck coming down the street or the shadow of the truck coming down the street. I have an eight-year-old and 11-year-old. Deacon, my eight-year-old, says, I'd rather get hit by the truck. And I was like, I don't think you understand the question. <laughs> hit by the truck or the shadow? And of course, Joshua, my wise 11-year-old, is like, man, for sure, the shadow. I said, that's what the resurrection of Christ is. See, Jesus, listen, Jesus got hit by the death truck. So now we only experience the shadow. That's powerful. This is what we get in Christ. When we defeated death, listen, even death serves Jesus. King Jesus is over death and it serves him. And now it's only the shadow of death. And now what death was meant to, to bring us away from God, listen, is the very vehicle that Jesus uses now to bring us to him. That's the power of the resurrection. Jesus came for you. So you can have life. I'm a dying man preaching to dying people about the power of resurrection. Can you hear it? It's not something, it's everything. Jesus is made for you to have life. He says this in John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Do you believe it? Will you receive it? Will you walk in the truth of the power of the resurrection this morning? Jesus came to bring you life, to forgive you of your sin, to call you a son and daughter so you don't have to experience death, but it's only for those who confess him as Lord, who puts their faith in the victory of Christ. Will that be you this morning? I'm pleading with you. The Spirit is moving in you. The power of the resurrection for you. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help us respond by seeing the truth of Resurrection Sunday, not general, but particularly that you bring spiritual resurrection into dead hearts right now. There'd be life there would be the truth that they are forgiven because Jesus paid in full. There would be freedom. We don't have to keep condemning ourselves because, God, you don't con condemn us. God, I pray that those who are experiencing death, the fear of death, will be the resurrection of Christ. It's only the shadow of death that we'll take. That Christ 
is even, even ruling over death. And death will serve us, his children. Help us respond by singing and worshiping and believing this morning. I ask that in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.